Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? All right, hello folks, and welcome to another episode of Glee. Glee. Aggressive. Aggressive. Okay. I'm sure we'll make it work. My name is Karina. My name is Ian. And uh, we're here today to discuss with you episode 12 of season 1 entitled Mattress. Yes, we are. And today we have a wonderful, very special guest with us. He is a comedian, writer, actor. Um, He is, like, we met, like, randomly through a mutual friend, Annette Storkman, friend of the show. Um, And, like, we've just, like, stayed in contact since. And then the second I, like, published that I was doing this project, he was like, awesome. And I was like, you want to be on? He was like, yes. So please welcome to the show, Gamal El Sawa. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Ian. Hi, Karina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to glee here. (laughs) Amazing. Well, we're happy to, I was going to say glav you, but that's not the same thing at all. I'll take it. I'll quit while I'm ahead. You can't do that. That's a crime. If the glav don't fit. No. <laughs> uh, all, right, all right. So, first, just to double check: is this you've seen Glee before? I have. So uh, I watched it back in its heyday when it was first airing. I was really big on the first season and a half. Mm-hmm. Then I kind of fell off. Um, and then last year, during the beginnings of the coronavirus pandemic, I suspected myself to have been sick with the coronavirus. But this was at the time when you couldn't get tested and you couldn't get things, and I was fine. Um, but I was just feeling like a flu, and I was like, mm-hmm, I don't like this. So to pass the time, while I tried not to leave my bedroom, I, I watched Glee, uh, and I got through up to the middle of season five. So The fact that, that was you got fresh. as far as mid-season five is a pretty impressive. Thank you. Also, <laughs> was that how long it took you to get over whatever possible coronavirus sickness you had? No, no, no. I just kept going afterwards. I was like, I've, I just want to see it through. I just want to see how it goes. You know, I gave myself outs. I was you like, get to a point where it's like mm-hmm. addictive, where you're like, this is bad, but like, what? How could they possibly go on from here? And they do. Oh man. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, yeah. I I healed up, and then I was like, well, I'm still depressed because the world is in shambles. <laughs> so I might as well guess keep watching this show. You know, if Glee is anything, it is a. I was gonna say a recipe for depression, which is like, who? Um, maybe also it's the it's the problem well, and it's the cure. I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the show, but speaking about it being a recipe for depression, try uh, try googling to see what happened to some of those actors in the years since they've done Glee. My God, yeah. the curse of Glee. Yeah. We touched on it in like the very very first episode because some Oof. of it's like, mm, um, right. And it only gets worse. Um, but you know, back in we're gonna time travel back. To December 2nd, 2009, which is when this episode originally aired. Oh my god. I know. It's almost Christmas, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting back from Thanksgiving break. And now it's 2009 and we have to talk about Mattress. Yes. Um, not to be confused with this rap song called Mattress that used to play a lot at work in our stock room. Um, very different song, different podcast. Um, we open on this recap, which like... I don't know if you notice this only has the insensitive jokes because it only recaps <laughs> it only recaps the quote like it's like cool epilepsy the yep. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because Karina's dog keeps on trying to get into the room. Um, this door doesn't close all the way. Um, it only recaps the quote cool epilepsy. Mm-hmm. It only says like the um the quote like deaf I have scarlet fever, I'm deaf yep. in one ear joke. And um the ju- like one of the juvie jokes from um the episode where Will is like trying to get to know the other um the other uh, schools in the yeah, sectionals the competition. Joke. Yes, that was it. Yeah, and then like, we open on. Sorry, go on, please. Okay, well, I think you might have the same thing, which is I say, why did we open up on the world's weirdest shot? Right. We but open I'm, up on like this random woman's lipstick, just so yes. so close in frame. And my my note here is like on, on the similar note is we open on all caps. Will not knowing it's yearbook picture day. He's got a lot on his mind. He does, but also it's like you think it would have come up like. As one of four teachers at McKinley High, you think he would have, like, gotten the email or, like, the post-it note or whatever. No, he doesn't well, know. He's no. clearly not respected, right? That's his That's his gig. Uh, Mr. Schuster slash Matthew Morrison. He's still not respected. There's, like, a thing on TikTok now. Have you seen? Gen Z hates Matthew Morrison, yeah. Yes. And I can't say I blame them. If you tag a TikTok Matthew for Matthew Morrison hate club, you will get more views. I'm just saying. <laughs> good to know. Good I to believe know. it. Yeah, Emma and Ken are still getting married. They're still getting married, um, but the wedding is at the same day and time as sectionals. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. First of all, in case anyone was wondering, I double checked because my favorite thing to do is when Glee makes a joke to see if it's based in fact. You actually cannot bring your own fruit to Hawaii, which is why when Emma said. We were going to have it in Hawaii, but I wasn't allowed to bring my own fruit. That's true, because of, like, environmental things. You have to declare your fruit, so. <laughs> <laughs> you have to declare your fruit. Yes. Um, totally you tell me I have to out myself bit. when I go to Hawaii? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Fine, I'm a fruit, I declare it. I mean, if you're going to fuck up the environment, they might not let you in, but. <laughs> uh, damn. You'll probably just add to it, like. Um, Help you make a fruit salad up in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, like, I, I think it's uh, there's something like there's only been, f- it's the 15th edition of the Thunderclap, which means that there, the school's only had 15 yearbooks ever, um, which is weird. I thought 50th? I thought they said 15th. I think 50th, which is still, depending on how old it is, not a lot, I guess. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it was 5-0. Probably. Um, enter Sue Sylvester, who... <laughs> had had some work done on her face because that's what she does every year for school book uh, for yearbook pictures. I guess she was the one that asked, um, did someone finally... Pu- oh, no. Emma asked her, did someone finally punch you? And that was wonderful. And Sue's like, no, I got some work done. Uh, I had them yank out those tear ducts. I wasn't using them, which I was just like, that is just the perfect Sue Sylvester game line. Like, yeah. it's just... I have no notes. <laughs> I thought it was weird that they were like, yeah, let's make her look like she has black eyes for a throwaway joke. But, like... Yeah, Or sure. maybe it's, like, Jane Lynch actually had a black eye, and they're like, we gotta write it into the script. Yeah. Like, um, she accidentally punched herself in the face doing some homework or something. I don't know. <laughs> Jane um, Lynch did? I don't know. Yeah. The makeup department was out that day. I've accidentally punched myself in the face before, like, trying oh. to work on some stuff. You don't feel sorry for me. Um, <laughs> the limbs just go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um... And so then, like, we get into sort of this exposition about how, like, the Glee kids, like, aren't going to get a yearbook photo this year because it's always been vandalized every year. Um, like, she's she spoke to the principal and um, convinced him, like, not to include them. 
in her quest to like erase the glee club from existence um which you know makes sense for sue sylvester um and then she says you three are boring me now i'm gonna do something else which was also just chef's kiss i loved it i have no notes (laughs) i mean i have my notes please first um as much of a dick move as it was for ken to schedule his wedding on the same day as sectionals to keep emma away will's being a little bit of a baby about it because right i'm sorry your high school glee club is technically not more important (laughs) than even two people who don't like each other and (laughs) like if you're going in the real world kind of a dick move and then in terms of like leaving the glee club's picture out i was just like damn this school is dropping the ball on bullying because if it's (laughs) if it's known enough that the glee club is going to be vandalized every year the solution should not be let's just remove the picture the solution maybe should be let's address the horrible bullying problem the bullying problem which like also we're, we're 12 episodes in and now we're just addressing the bullying problem because that's like a central theme to like this whole story is like these are about kids who get bullied and like not only are these kids getting bullied like through the defacing of the yearbook it's hella racist it oh, is yeah. Hitler mustaches. It is right. It patty hats. Yeah. I, th- I think is the term. It's bad. Like I had to rewind 2000- that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even for two thousand nine, where we're like, oh, like we'll put on our two thousand nine goggles. We thought it was a better place. No, no. I mean, I guess it's one of those instances where Glee is trying to say it's okay that we're being racist because the bad people are doing the racism. But as we've discussed many a times, it almost never really looks good on Glee to do that. No. That's something I found out when I was re-watching the series is how, exactly how problematic it was, yeah. sadly. Because I like, feel like again, there was this idea that it was, like, ahead of its time for, for a moment. Maybe it was. Like, in some ways, like, when you go back and read old reviews of the show, you can see that in some ways it really was. But it's just... It's aged worse than almost anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so the Glee Club holds a meeting and they're like, hey, it's we should all not get this picture taken because of exactly everything that we just talked about. Kurt leads this meeting. Um, apparently, like, they will be given patriotic wedgies, which <laughs> is where they get wedgied upon a flagpole. And Artie says, it did make me feel a little more American, which which was adorable. I loved it. I love this. I love this because I thought that joke was funny. I thought the camera work where they kept like where Finn is like keep cutting to Finn so it's very clear that Finn was the one giving Artie a patriotic wedgie and they're all a little uncomfortable. Like (laughs) acknowledging that Finn used to just be a straight up bully. (laughs) Yeah, and then he uses these examples in the old yearbooks like, oh, do you think the bullying's bad? Well, this kid was bullied in his yearbook, and now he's homeless. And this woman was bullied in his yearbook, and now she's fucking dead. I hated that. That was... That was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it was... I don't... I don't know. I mean, maybe I gotta go back in time. For a second, when you said 2009, I was like, no, no, this came out in 2014, right? So, like, going back even further to remember (laughs) what shitty people we were all were, I guess, in 2009 is is quite a feat and quite an effort. Yeah. Ugh. And despite all their, like, despite everybody's, basically the unanimous decision amongst everybody to not have a yearbook photo, 
Will Schuster is still like, I'm gonna get you this yearbook photo, kids. Who's with me? And everyone's like, oh, great, no. And so, like, this is where, like, I, I thought of you, Karina, because, like, the the scene with Shu and Figgins had, like, that almost after-school special energy. Yes. Where, like, he's giving this, like, impassioned speech about, like, these are kids who, like, come together and, like, they've overcome, like, adversity and, like, they're proud of their stuff. And uh, it turns out it costs $1,000 for them to buy a page, which is fucked up because I don't... Karina, didn't you work on your yearbook? Did I, I make did. that up? No, you okay. didn't. I did. Okay, I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I remembered that correctly just now because I feel like you don't clubs don't buy the real estate space, right? No. So what has happened is Glee has not been allocated a, a page in the regular yearbook, but because Sue convinced him, and so I'm assuming that means the pages are already like. Form, like, they're already planned out. You can't just add one in. Which is actually true because the way yearbooks are printed is, like, in 24-page blocks. So you can't just insert one. You have to insert, like, another full block. Welcome to yearbook formatting. Oh, wow. segment. I love Gosh. this. Please go on. Please go on. I was so, the only one of my friends not on yearbook club, so I, like, I, I love it. Um, So, yeah, it would make sense to me if they've already laid out the pages. They can't just throw a club page in for Glee. But what they also have at the back of most yearbooks is ad space where you can buy, you, they, like, they sell ads out to local businesses and most of them come back and are like, oh, congratulations, class of whatever. Or, um, at least in my high school, your parents can buy an ad. Um, so you could know whose parents loved them the most because they would buy a full page color ad, <laughs> which had, like, a collage of all your baby pictures and like a lot of word art because I graduated in 2010, which means word art was still cool. And if your parents didn't love you that much, you got like a business card sized, um, like probably no pictures, just words ad. Wow. So I don't think they cost a thousand dollars, but I totally buy that. Like Will was like, had to shell out for a quarter page in the back with the local advertisements. Yes, this is. <laughs> This is not Y'all make me want to pull out my yearbook. Do I, it. It's very fun. To reminisce. Yeah. I um, didn't get an ad for my parents. They didn't love me at all. Not even a business card. I don't <laughs> even think we had ads from our parents. I think it was like just several businesses and like just a, a dick ton of pages for all the sports and clubs and um, I don't know, students and shit. My um, ad was left out by a printing error and had to be added in as a copy, like a page like that was given uh, out at the end. And I was the yearbook editor, and I was like, motherfuckers. Oh, what a faux pas! <laughs> no! Yeah, so Did like, y'all go to the same high school? No, no, no. No, no, okay. No. My parents didn't no. buy me an ad, though, but again, I was the yearbook editor, um, so they were probably like, oh, fuck, we have to. <laughs> she put work into this. Um, and the, the yearbook, uh, the quarter page is going to be $325. Um, Leah Michelle comes in saying, like, what a crime this is, but we'll beat her to the punch already. Um, great. And then we have this wild internal monologue where Leah Michelle's like, um, school pictures are great practice for having your photo taken because, like, that's what celebrities do. They have their photos taken. And then, like, it's this, um, collage or, like, this, like, montage of all the clubs that she was in which was bonkers rachel berry in every club is like oh it is something wasn't she in like the muslim club and also the black student union (laughs) yes she was (laughs) and every time i paused like i had to pause my tv like once like 
to uh, or like twice in that sequence to like write down notes and every time i paused it it was on the same like big ass fit like photo of leah michelle and her like wide set eyes just smiling <clears throat> with a very disgruntled looking person of color standing to her left the one from like, the black student union first of all it's got leah michelle with her tiny little like half like fist raised which is i'm like oh no at every single like first of all there's at least now we know six black people in all of mckinley um hi <laughs> okay um and also it's extra super fun um based on what we know from leah michelle's actions this past summer <laughs> yep. it's amazing every time i watch glee i i always get surprised at how good Leia Michelle is at playing such an insufferable person. Like, the performance is so amazing, and then I realize that it's not a performance. You're like, oh, yes. it's Leia Michelle playing Leia Michelle. I mean, like, and we'll actually get into, like, our thoughts and feelings on these next two episodes because, like, I actually really like these episodes, and I thought she did, like, a wonderful job at this, and, like, I had the same thought, Gamal, like, that I was just thinking, oh, it's because she's not doing anything. She's just being herself. Yeah. Right. Like, I wouldn't Which, be what surprised. What a dream as an actor. Like, Leah Michelle didn't right. go to high school normally, I'm assuming. Because no. Because she was too busy being um, in ragtime. Um, she was too busy being on the Broadway. So, Ooh. but I could imagine this was what she would be like in high school. And um, she walks through the library. Also what I imagine her walking through the library like in real life, like Belle in Beauty and the Beast. Like, she had full Disney princess energy just walking through the, like, the aisles. And you know she's been practicing that walk forever. Like, it's an affectation. It is put on. Absolutely. And then my next note is, shut up, Diana Agron is speaking, because we all know how I feel about her. Yes. Um, she has this lovely little monologue about how she even she feels left out. She wants her kids to be proud of, like, the work she does in high school, except for the one she, that she's carrying inside of her right now. Um, and so she makes the resolution that she's going to be in that Cheerios photo this year. Damn it. Yeah, good for um, her. Good sure. for her. Yeah. I love her. Oh my god. Uh, me too. <laughs> also, I just found out, this is a side note, that um, she has a movie coming out with the actor who plays Sandy um, as like one of the central characters. They're both like two of the central characters, so that was really exciting to find out. Sandy from Glee, not Sandy from Greece. Remind me yes. who Sandy from Glee is. One more, one, uh, one really the, the pedophile uh, former what? Glee teacher who sells weed. Yes! <laughs> the oh, one who's him. obsessed yes. with Josh Groban. Yes. Who, uh, who, uh, yeah. Um, wow. I'm happy to hear that he's still getting work. Yeah. Right? Good for him. Honestly. Um, also, like, he was also, I think he was also in that recap, um, in his, uh, small, um, bathrobe. <laughs> Does he come back? Why? I don't, he might have I think it was just, like, to set, like, um, like, uh, to set up some, like, exposition and, like, remind people what we're dealing with. Might have been um, the reminder that, for some reason, Sue is in charge of having the set lists. Sure. Which comes back um, later. Or it's the next episode and I'm just confusing shit. Anyway, so <laughs> Will asks, like, hey, Terry, my wife, um, he doesn't say my wife, which my wife. tie... <laughs> my Thank wife. you for doing it so I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, which tie should I wear for yearbook day? And even Terry's like, wear this one for your for your photo, wear that one for the Glee Club photo, so it stands out more when the cool kids deface it. You can tell Terry was one of the kids who was defacing the Glee Club photo. Oh, of Doesn't course. she even say it? Probably. I feel like she was, like, the Quinn of her age, which is why yes. I have this connection, you know? 
Absolutely. We've kind of talked about that before, too. Yeah. Like, just how she was, like, the queen bee. And, like, they kind of get into it with, like, the whole, um, pseudephedrin mm. arc. Oh, my God. But, um, which I've... Amazing stuff. Um, Great episode. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. And, like... <laughs> and Terry's like, don't use our money to buy an ad. Right. We, quote, have a baby on the way. <laughs> and, um, and then Will does it anyway. So, first of all, like, the tension in that scene around, like, the money conversation, like, you can cut it with a knife. And, like, we obviously know where this episode goes, so I could really, like, looking back, I was like, oh, that scene where you can see it, like, everything is bubbling, basically. It's not quite boiled over, but you can feel it. Um, which is why I was like, oh, Will is using this yearbook thing as a coping mechanism, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is him feeling uncomfortable at home and fighting this crusade because he doesn't want to deal with his regular emotions. So now the most important thing in the world to him is like, well, we need to be in the yearbook. Queen of the Glee therapist. I love it. Um, (laughs) That's the only thing I can think of now when I watch these. I'm like, are they researching their jokes and what is everyone feeling? Yeah. I, we then cut to the like to the Glee Club practice, and there's that one-off joke where Glee uh, where uh, Rachel walks up to Kurt and was like, "I want to start um, a gay lesball." Lesball. Gay lesbian alliance. Lesball. And yes, <laughs> I would go to a gay lesball. It sounds fun. Come on. I was um I was surprised that they just kind of left it there, like. They immediately go into um, the whole logistics of this photo, meaning, like, two, only two people can be in the club photo because of, like, um, the compromise for space or whatever. So they all nominate Rachel and unanimously vote on Rachel, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets up to, like, do a whole speech, and but everyone, since, because she believes that everyone wants this, so she's prepared to, like, to Rachel it, and then everyone's like, no, just do it. No, just do it. And we, they were like, we no, we need a second person, and they're like... And everyone's like, no, no. No, we're good. Then there's a scene with Emma and Will. Um, all I remember from this, and I watched this today. Like, I, all I remember from that scene is that, like, I liked Will's outfit and, um, <laughs> and Ken has 74 it. flaws as of yesterday. Okay, this is- That I no, remember. No one in the history of the world has ever said I like Will's outfit. Yeah, I just, it was, it was, it was like, he's in a button-up, I'm assuming. I didn't- um, it was, yeah, like a cardigan over a, a, a button-up t-shirt or whatever. Yeah, okay, fair. Um, Classic teacher drag, you know? Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> Which um, sometimes can be hot on a man. His hair was... I will, I, will, it, I will preemptively take that as a compliment. Also, thinking about how apparently Will Schuster and I are the same age at this juncture of time. Um, Don't think about which it Which is terrifying. I won't. Um, <laughs> so um, what but, you're saying is you need to go to a lead a glee club at, at a school and also teach Spanish, right? That's what in Ohio. I'm yes, in Ohio. Uh, <laughs> Please you do. Could, it. Karina has encouraged me to do it. You um, can make it big out in Ohio. Thank um, you so much. <laughs> I do think that the thing I retained from this scene was that Will and Emma are talking about her wedding again, and he was like, "Hey, I think um, your fiance is trying to sabotage me." Which is a weird thing to tell someone about the person they're getting right. married to. Absolutely. So I was like, Will, you're really putting... Again, it's morally therapy. I'm like, Will, you're putting a lot of emotions onto Emma right now to try to be like, I think your fiancé has a vendetta against me, which is like, okay. Calm yeah. down. It's still going to be okay, Will. She's... She, it's sectionals. Well, it's not the end of the I world. I mean, she, he's not wrong. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He's not. 
Um, was this the one where Emma's like, hey, I've, like, been distracted, but, like, I'm not doing that anymore, so, like, don't make me do that anymore? Was that this scene? I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly paraphrasing, but... Yeah, that might have been this one. I also, I watched them back-to-back this morning, so I'm like, fuck, I hope I'm not, like, congealing the episodes together. But basically, um, and also Will is like, Rachel's not enough, so they need a co-captain. And then it was like, yes. just pawn that job off on Rachel. Right, which is like where his conniving nature actually comes into play. We actually see the conniving Will Schuster quite a bit over like the next two episodes. Like, yeah. we see that working in the favor of this whole schlebagel. Like, it works. The whole what now? I love that schlebagel. word. Wait, schlebagel? Schlebagel. Schlebagel. Can you give yes. us a Webster it's, dictionary definition? It's in my vocabulary um, now. See also the whole Megillah. The whole Lebowski. Uh, the whole damn family. Wonderful. And could you spell gotcha. it? S-C-H-L-A-B-A-G-E-L. Beautiful. Schlebagel. Which is not pronounced Schlebagel. 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 Also, also could be spelled like S-C-H-L-A-B-O-G-G-L-E, like the board, not like the game, not like, a board game. It's like a board game. game. I would call gotcha. it a board game. Okay. Maybe it's I'm when you of a when you roll game. the dice and you roll a six, you gotta yell Schlebagel. Exactly. Um, or you <laughs> get like. Um, I don't know, a pan to the head, maybe. Right. <laughs> That's the penalty. Exactly. Um, and Rachel corners all of her friends Can in the glee club. about the Rachel recruitment montage? Because first of all, she doesn't corner all of her friends. She only corners three. Right. She goes to Mercedes first, which, like, fair choice. Powerhouse of a yeah, boys. Absolutely. And Mercedes is like, no, I have Kwanzaa. <laughs> Which is wild. Which okay. She's like, yeah, we're prepping early this year. That's another um, joke. That's another joke of the Glee writers being like, "What's something black?" Yeah. Also, like, isn't like I think we finally get a little bit of the timeline where she's like, "It's April. Kwanzaa's in December." No, I. It can't be April. It's turtleneck it's season April. for the Cheerios. I forget exactly what. Like they said a month. Like they did say what month it was. They did. But I, I forget. Maybe I it was just September. I don't know. Regardless, um, there it's not Kwanzaa time. And then she asks right. Brittany, who's basically like, "No, I don't want my photo defaced." Rachel's <laughs> because like, I'll be the one defacing yeah. it. Which like, <laughs> good for you, Brittany. Yeah. Which su- surprising that they even asked Brittany too, because especially during this part of the first season, like a whole half of the Glee Club are either underwritten or just not given any lines whatsoever. Yeah. Right. They just like her ability to one-off lines. Which, Which yeah. she's so good at it. She's great at it. Um, then they uh, also have Artie. Yeah, her who... third choice was Artie, who was basically like, I'm sorry, if uh, I'm, I'm in this chair, so the height difference will be bad. <laughs> and then he makes an uncomfortable body joke. Yeah. Um, which... Which works, I guess. I guess um, it works. But then, okay, so like now we're about to get into like the meat and potatoes of it. We're like 28 minutes in and we're about to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Cut to Rachel has convinced Finn to be her co-captain for Glee. Who could have saw that coming? Okay, Um, okay. I realized something about this and spoiler, it's going to come up next episode too, but uh you can make Finn do anything by just telling him he's a leader. If you go yes. up to Finn and say, they just need a leader, he's like, you're right, I have to do it. He's like, he's like, okay, well, yeah, that that's, I guess that that's me, isn't it? If you just go up to Finn, it's like those, like, old trope, they're like, oh, man, this kid will do anything if you call him a chicken, just to prove he's not a chicken, but, but Finn's is like, Finn, you have to do it, you're the leader, and he's like, 
You're right. I am the leader, and he'll do well, he'll do fucking anything. You know, when you're 15 and somebody tells you you're the leader, you're gonna believe them. That's that's how the song goes. Exactly. Everyone knows. <laughs> Uh, it's like he's I like, feel like it didn't take much to convince me to do things at 15. I'd be like, yeah, logic seems sound. You're right. Yeah, I'm a leader. Absolutely. 100%. And just has a Pavlovian response to the word leader as you, you go up no. to him and he's like, okay. Yep, okay. no, that's me. I'm just um, assuming he's 15. I don't know how old the character actually is, but he's played by someone who's surely to... in his 30s. Yeah, I think they're <laughs> supposed to be sophomores in this. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Um, and so Rachel is going to teach him how to smile correctly for their photo, which, what the fuck, this poor accompanist who has to be there for this, as well as the band, but, like, I'm going to choose to focus on the accompanist for my next set of notes, which is all in capital letters, which is Smile by Lily Allen, which is not the right song for this moment. This is also not the karaoke track, guys. <laughs> what? Why Why are we doing this to Lily Allen? A song about being happy when you see the guy who cheated on you crying. That is not the point. The point is so far on the other side of this campus. I guess because, like, it's because Finn is a tough guy, so we have to teach him how to smile because tough guys don't smile. The song doesn't work at all. We are all just the accompanist bopping along, just dealing with this. Also, where did the backup vocals come from? Um, I think you're reading too much into this. I think the writers <laughs> just wanted to have two songs named Smile in yep. one episode, and they were like, we know that other one, and the Lily Allen one, I guess. Look, book ending. That's ex- basically exactly what I said. First of all, this song feels wicked shoehorned in. Like, they were like, ah, oh, oh, we haven't done enough songs this episode. And it's another right. epi- instance of Glee being like, well, this song's called Smile, so good enough? Good enough. <laughs> and my other um, note was, hey, remember Lily Allen? I love Lily Allen. That's the thing, though. I love Lily Allen. I also I think love she's Lily incredible. Allen, but I basically haven't heard from her since 2009, so... Okay, no, you gotta check no! She released that song with Pink off of that one album that she clearly wrote that song for Pink. The true love must be true oh. love. Yeah. True. She has, like, one line, and everyone's like, why is Lily Allen only coming on that song for, like, one line? Because she probably wrote it, guys. She probably wrote the whole Gadda song. Yeah. She has a pretty solid album out from, like, 2014 that I recommend. Uh, I think it's called Jesus, where she has a track on it called Jesus, where she's like, it's me against all the other divas in the game. Let's go. And it's great. Highly she's recommend. She's called Jesus? Jesus. Like, Jesus. Like, homage? Oh, Jesus. No, it's more like Jesus with a... No, that's Kanye. <laughs> yeah, but that's yes. how she spelled it. Yes. Oh, she's... She, like, S-E, or not S-E, S-H-E-S-U-S. Um, nice. <laughs> right? Um, yes, yeah, so we're all, we're all that accompanist. Um, <laughs> then Finn, Finn gets tormented by the hockey player who is definitely 35. Yeah. This Gronkowski <laughs> kid is absolutely in his mid-30s. Yeah. And this is coming from someone who is pushing 30 but still gets called into play 18 plus to play younger. You could be um, You know, th- this show is making me believe that even I can be cast as a 16-year-old. And uh, that's I great mean, for my I mean, ego. Exactly. <laughs> um, we will do that reboot of Glee that Ryan Murphy didn't ask for and nobody else um, I'm sorry. Hold up. Ryan Mo- Murphy has absolutely asked for. I know. That's the problem. <laughs> he that's wants the Ben problem. Platt to play Glee. 
to play Glee, <laughs> to play all of them. <laughs> ben Platt as Glee. Um, also, <laughs> Smile. Oh my god. Side of, Smile is like the guts of this episode. Oh. Like this whole episode can be like boiled down to the word smile, and yeah. it's just yeah, it's the thesis. <laughs> annoying. My Although it note. took me a while to think and say, what's this episode about? Fine. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, my um, my note was just so I wrote down. Remember Lily Allen, and then it's like like I'm writing a screenplay. But then, oh no, it's our nemesis, Glee versus <laughs> football, <laughs> which, like. We're back to the same fucking plot lines we were at three weeks ago. Finn has to choose between Glee versus football, and, like, spoiler alert, he chooses both. And, like, yes. football's not even, like, an issue in this one. It's, it like, Glee versus, like, social cash. Yeah, Glee versus the cash system. Um, <laughs> but then that one very old football player does say that you could write a haiku on Finn's head, which I think is a very funny and very specific <laughs> insult. <laughs> It took just enough space for a haiku, yes. but not enough for like any longer. Form a nice poem. five seven five, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, but you have to write it backwards so that when he reads it in the mirror, it actually makes sense. Oh, Ian um, Finn can't read. <laughs> oh, be nice. Right, sorry. Where have I been the past twelve episodes? Um, I'm surprised Finn even knows what a haiku is. He probably doesn't. He probably. But doesn't. he understands um, that you shouldn't be able to do it on his head. There's probably, like, a cut joke somewhere that where he, like, confuses, like, a haiku for a sonnet, and then even then Ryan Murphy was like, no, that's too smart. Um, <laughs> so then he, of course, does not show up to the yearbook picture because he's ashamed of his gleeness, um, and, like, uh, Rachel Berry is sad in these photos, and so she has to, like, self-monologue when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you, to herself in a mirror... The photog- we are all just that photographer dealing with it. <laughs> Which, if I may, I feel like I have to add uh, about this Please. moment, because I went on the Glee wiki right before, because I'm a professional, of before course. I came to the recording, I also went on the Glee wiki to like debrief after the episode. Um, and in the trivia section, someone uh, felt the need to point out that when uh, Rachel says, get me from my left side, that's like my good side or something, they said, this is also Leia Michelle's signature pose. Oh. So there you go, just so you know. IRL, that's also her signature She's pose. never acting. She's never, <laughs> She's never acting. acting. This is just Leah Michelle biopic. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so they're like, okay, we got, like, also this is conveniently the last photo shoot of the day because he turns off the lights even after Leah Michelle psychs herself up. The, the photographer's like, yeah, I gotta go shoot my brother-in-law. Brother-in-law? Brother, brother-in-law. It's brother, like, I gotta go shoot this local commercial um, we're casting it, and so therefore, Glee Club is gonna be in a local commercial. And what are they selling, guys? Mattresses! Yeah. I so the scene where Rachel. Well, first of all, Rachel's like, I can cry on command, which is a terrifying thing to tell someone, um, yeah. just out of the blue. But she goes and like tells the Glee Club, like, I landed us a gig. And I do believe that everyone would be that excited to be in a local commercial because I was one of those like attention whore teens who had who was a painfully shy but also would have like <laughs> sold my soul to be on a television screen but the part that made me laugh is she like does this whole build up like you just did ian where she's like and we're gonna be selling mattresses and the whole glee club goes <gasps> like it's so exciting like they're like a mattress could you be real there, there is something with like mattress companies like have the monopoly over the local commercial market for some yes. reason i don't know what it is 
but like mattresses they're the, one of the and furniture stores. commercials I've seen. Yeah. And this was before the age of the Casper mattress. Like you had to go to a mattress store to buy it. Yeah. Crazy. This so this for me is like where the episode turned around. Like yeah. mm-hmm. they like 100%. I was like I was sold like from that point on because like the fact that they were all like excited to do it like. I know, that was, um, like, heartwarming. To see all the Glee kids just genuinely excited to be in a mattress commercial. And I'm like, yeah. they would be. Um, uh, ne- never mind. I, I don't know why those notes were there, and so what? I won't bring them up. I know, but now um, I want to know what it oh says. No. It says, well, it says, not gonna lie, I get Rachel here. Um, oh. I think maybe just because she was the... Oh, I think she would, because, like, she had some sort of speech about, like, like, we need to build our own morale or whatever. Or, yeah. Like, we need to, like... Um, like yeah, we need to psych ourselves up. They're clout chasing. And then, like, yeah. Um, and then, like, we cut to that dressing room for the mattress company. And, like, they are all so, like, wholesomely excited. Like, no. Mercedes says, like, as soon as I get my record deal, I'm not speaking to any of you. <laughs> and I Which, was, like, right honestly, on. I don't blame her. Especially no, when those no. are the people she's around. <laughs> this is, right. honestly, just so wholesome. And I love it. Like, they have that, yeah. like simple little script he's like mattresses are not just for sleeping and fornicating anymore um and they give their honest shot for this like sad script they're bad acting i lived i lived it was it was great bad acting like very high school i mean they all looked 30 but like i sold they sold it to me they still sold it to me absolutely because you have like tina saying the one line like like almost scared and then Rachel just going over the top with it. It was perfect. It was. Um but then they were like, no, what if we spice this up a little bit and they decide to make it a musical number. Which I'm glad they did because this is honestly one of the most memorable moments of Glee for, for me. For is the mattress sure. jumping oh. around. The song jump. That's... Oh my god. <sighs> that song it, was Speak fucking fire. Uh, like Ian, I don't know how many times you watched it. But I'm assuming you watched it only once, because yes. you're not a psychopath like me who goes back and rewatches musical numbers on Glee later. Um, but I highly recommend you go back and watch this and only watch Artie, because oh, they're like, oh no, he's in a wheelchair. We'll just stick him in the back and sometimes give him a little sign that says jump. I saw that too, and I I was like. That was, like, the one caveat of this whole thing where I was like, everyone is having so much fun, but Artie's in a wheelchair. Which is why I almost cried when, like, two of them, like, body slammed a mattress, so Artie got oh some God. air. Like, That feels I, dangerous to me. I, maybe, but I was just like, oh, he, he got his moment. Yeah. <laughs> he also had, like, a couple bars, so, like, they, they didn't forget yes. about him. He's got the like, pipes, let me tell you, that guy. I love, I love Ben Mikhail's voice so much. Yeah. Like, they, absol- they absolutely, like, utilized everybody, almost everybody, yeah. like, like, really well in this song. I thought the song was, like, so much fun to watch. Like, the choreography was, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a great theatrical moment as well, I think. Yeah. Where, like, it's not only, like, this song, like, for the purpose of, like, this commercial, but also, like, you're seeing, like, who these people are, um... And, like, that was awesome. Also, um, there's, like, this super sweet little bit when they do, when Artie is singing, and they have Quinn, Tina, and Mercedes, like, in front of him yes. as, like, their little, um, his little, like, choir girls, which also makes sense, because, like, Quinn's pregnant. Maybe she shouldn't be doing all those crazy flips. Yeah. So, yeah. I just thought it was a good choice of, like, who should be his, like, backing vocals. I thought it was very well done. I will say, 
no way in hell that this local mattress store can license this song for this for commercial <laughs> use. <laughs> Definitely not. Right. We suspend the disbelief. Exactly. No, no, no. But it, it was cl- it's clear like from this number, which comes. I don't know if it comes in the middle of the episode, but it comes somewhere towards the end of it. Yeah. I think it, it's clear that this was like the episode right before their mid-season finales. They were trying to do something bombastic to get the yeah. kids excited, and you know what? It worked. It worked. It worked. Yeah, especially because the other two numbers were, like, a little more subdued and not group numbers that, yeah, you needed to have, like, this is a Glee Club number. We've put Mm -hmm. some props in. They're all in a fun matching costume. Everyone loves Van Halen, probably. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Great number, like, truly. I love it. And you know what? From the highest highs... Then we have to to the lowest lows. Because my next note is all caps, okay this scene oh my my note is terry have you seen my pocket square since when this this is another reason i when you first told me that uh that you wanted me to do the mattress episode i remember that something big happened in the mattress episode but i was like god what was the thing that happened in the mattress episode that i remember it so clearly that something happened it's this scene it's this scene that kind of sort of comes out of nowhere given everything that comes before it yes right in this one episode and the whole gist of the scene is that, like, Will discovers one of, like, the pregnancy um, fake baby bumps that Terry had been wearing. Mm-hmm. And that's immediately when shit hits the fan. Will gets, like, kind of scary and almost violent there. Yeah, he, which, like, like, throws the baby bump into one of their, like, shelves and shatters things. He gets, like, this, like, there's a screenshot of it. Um, I can post it somewhere, although it's awful to it looks like, where he gets, like, right up in her face like yeah and she looks scared and he looks so angry one review i read was like this is some don draper shit and i haven't seen enough Mad Men to know but i feel like it's an apt description <laughs> i mean to their credit like they are incredible actors yeah like yes and uh, gamal you're a writer so maybe you'll have better insight than i do but um something about the scene was like not 100 percent perfect and like I'm wondering what it was, because, like, the circumstances were there, the acting was there, but, like, I'm wondering if, like, the writing wasn't perfect, because something about it just slightly took me out of it a little bit. I think everything happened just a little too fast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it went from zero to a hundred, like, whiplash, which was fine, like, in the grand scheme of things, because they performed it so well, and it's the 12th episode we were waiting for this moment, and thankfully they didn't wait any longer to do it. But I do feel like it it, it happened so quickly. All the explanation, he got angry, he finds out, he leaves. Yeah. No right. more conversation than that. I feel like it might have inspired a little more conversation. If I were a staff writer on Glee and Ryan Murphy, I am available for the reboot. The yeah, far yeah, less hire racist, him. far less problematic reboot, of course. Yeah, um, hire him. <laughs> I uh, I would have I would have added a, 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 about a page maybe to that scene just to let it breathe sure. a little more. But their performances were great, and that they moment were. at the end when uh, Terry follows Will out the door, stops, looks at the door, and then just closes it. Mm. I thought it was like well directed and like that said a lot. And I was like, oh, like she's accepting this now, in a yeah. way that was very interesting yeah. and very unlike her up to that point. Yeah, absolutely. Like. I think we, uh, Jessalyn Gilsig finally got, like, a little bit of justice for, like, this shitty character that she was given, and they finally gave her this very visceral, real thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also thought, like, because 
So he just, the, what sparks Will is that he finds the belly in her drawer, right? And comes up and asks her, and I think she rolls out, like, a pretty believable lie. Like, oh, I had that from the early pregnancy. Kendra, my shitty, shitty sister, stole it for me so I could try on her old clothes. Like, that, honestly, based on everything we've seen about Will dealing with this situation before, does feel like something he would believe. But he didn't this time. Yeah. Which means I, and this might be another case of giving Glee more credit than they deserve, but I was like, you know, based on, like, all that tension we saw in their earlier episodes, like, this is, for some reason, this is the straw that broke him. And that he was able to, like, call her out on the ruse. So I was like, it's interesting that for all the thickness that Will has been showing before in terms of this, that this is the one where he didn't believe her, like, because it wasn't like she stumbled. She had that lie ready to go. Mm-hmm. She was super smooth about it, but it was... Sociopathic. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, honestly. Yeah. But also, I, I, I do remember thinking today when I was watching, I was like, so he's never seen his wife's stomach? Right. <laughs> he's never questioned that. He's just I too mean, busy with the glee yeah. clubs. What's happening? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the whole thing. That's a whole big, like, sticking point of this fight oh, is, like... Yeah. Will says, like, I deserve happiness. Like, I deserve to feel good about myself, is what he says. And and Terry's like, this marriage works because you don't feel good about yourself. Which is like, that's a line. That's a line right there. Toxic. And it's also, like, Terry being very self-aware and open. Like, it takes kind of a lot to admit that out loud, even if you've both sort of known it. For her to just be like, no, like, we're in a shitty relationship and a baby was, was, was supposed to fix it. Yeah. <sighs> my, my lord, my word. Yeah, to go from That's a toxic the mattress relationship. The mattress scene to this, and you're like whiplash. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then he just goes to work to sleep. Can you do right. this? My understanding is, is the school even open? My understanding is that schools are pretty locked down at night. Unless she Unless he has the keys to the actual school, which I don't think teachers do have. You know, we suspend our disbelief once more. Right. Right. Um, I mean, like, he might because there's only four faculty yeah. members at right, the school, true. apparently. And he it's was true. a janitor um, for a little bit, so maybe he's got those And he was a janitor. There you, there you go. Maybe he still has the keys. Um, he walks into, like, a choir room full of mattresses, and my note here is it's got big princess and the pea energy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does, but, like, any stack of mattresses has Princess in the Pea energy. Exactly. For that site-specific production of Once Upon a Mattress we're going to do. And so he takes off a mattress, un- unwraps it, and sleeps in the hall, essentially. I thought he slept um, in his office to give himself a little more dignity. Did he? Because apparently his mm. office is attached to the choir room. Maybe that's why I just assumed it was the hallway, <laughs> because I saw... You see the you see the choir room from, like, outside, yeah. so I'm like, I guess he's sleeping in the hall or whatever. We have a Sue's corner, yeah, which is bonkers. She wants she wants a day where she's not assaulted by uglies and fatties, which is horrible. Yep. Um, very Sue. But of course, but again, it's Sue Sylvester, so she can just do whatever she wants. Um, sure. Uh, then she says, like the day at your Christmas after Christmas, if you're hideous, stay at home. Which just guys. Ugh. Which I try um, to. I try my best. I try my best to stay at home. But sometimes I can't help it. I gotta get. I gotta go to. Some coffee. of us have to go to work. Go to the store. You know? <laughs> gotta get your coffee. I gotta get gotta go on your morning walk. Exactly. <laughs> gotta walk the dogs. They're barking. The dog- They're barking up a storm up in here. <laughs> the dogs won't walk themselves. What do you expect? 
<laughs> Get out of here with that. Um, <laughs> well, are we New Yorkers? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so Sue Sylvester sees the commercial we did and immediately brings it up to everybody. So the Glee Club is now disqualified from sectionals. Yes, because if you accept payment for something, you are no longer an amateur and cannot compete. Which sounds like exactly. it could be a real rule. So yeah, absolutely. And like in this, she makes like three like uh, consecutive hair product jokes about Will Schuster in a row, which was amazing. <laughs> Jane Lynch, man, oh my god, Kills it. what a treasure! Right out of all the character, the... rough her amazing. Um, out of all of the like hubbub in this scene, the only part that I wrote down is they're talking and Will and she's like, well, why was there a soiled mattress in the choir room? And Will just straight up, first of all, calling anything soiled is bad. And Will just yeah. goes, I'm thinking about leaving my wife. And Jane Lynch just like was like, well, I didn't see that one coming. Like, yeah. so, so much is like, hey, Will, why'd you just say that out loud to us? Your work acquaintances. Right. And it's like, I got it though. Like I understood him though. Like, this was, I, I will give them credit in this, like, like, A, this half of the episode, and B, like, this moment, where, like, we could see Will's life falling apart in, like, one foul fucking swoop, and it's, like, not in a cartoonish Ryan Murphy way. No. Like, mm-hmm. it's actually quite grounded. Like, he's thinking of leaving his wife, hit, the only thing that was bringing him joy is, like, is blowing up in his face, and he has to deal with Sue Sylvester, his arch nemesis, while this is all happening. Like... I get it, dude. This um, is what we talk about when we say that Glee is a really sad show that masquerades as a happy show. Like Exactly. This is it coming to a head. I agree. And, and Matthew Morrison did great work this episode as an actor. However, I just have to point out that one moment when he had to sit down and explain, I'm thinking of leaving my wife. There was something in that way he paused, said, okay, we'll sit down now. <laughs> Sat down and went, I am sad. I'm leaving my wife. <laughs> like, I can see him, like, going through the motions of, this is my blocking, and this is what I will do. You but it's okay because the acting. I can see the acting. But it's okay, because there are a whole other episode I could not. In the far more consequential scenes, I could not see the acting. So Right. He gets a pass. He gets a pass. Um, Quinn is back on the Cheerios, because uh, she calls out Sue's hypo- uh, hypocrisy. Um, brings up all of, like, the... Uh, things that would otherwise disqualify the Cheerios, which, like, I mean, Quinn, I mean, again, my queen, like, selling the um, season tickets that they get for a profit, just a smart business move. Literally, my only note is Quinn, yes. Quinn, yes. Truly coming through for all of us and Mm -hmm. doing it flawlessly. She basically walks in, extorts Sue, and then is like, oh, you're going to give me everything I want, and I'm not even going to rejoin your squad. This is another moment where, like, Quinn, like Mercedes, is doing the things that the other girls aren't doing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Rachel Berry would never. She could never. She would never. She will never. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and she's, like, and she's back in the Cheerios uniform. She looks great. But I'll stop talking about my future wife, Diana Agron, for a second. <laughs> um, because we have Emma and Shu. Um Kashu is now in Emma's office, doesn't know if he'll divorce Terry, and even trying to put herself in Terry's shoes, Will knows that Emma would never be that cruel. Mm. Right? (laughs) I actually Uh. really liked this for the simple fact, like, 
sometimes Glee has a little bit of nuance, and so I like to reward them whenever they do that. Um, where when, like, Emma mentions divorce, Will's initial response is defensive. Like, well, hold on. I'm not, let's not just jump to the conclusion of divorce. Like, it isn't the first thought he misses. Like, he's not immediately like, no, I'm going to divorce my wife. It's a little more complicated than that for him. And I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense because you've been with this woman for so long and it's hard to imagine what your life might be without her. Even though she did this terrible thing, it's not... Like, he obviously gets basically talked through it with Emma to be like, look, this is toxic. I will say, like, for, like, the whole Emma will of it all, like, I think it's big of Emma to, like, put herself in Terry's shoes and be like, yeah, I get it. You would be a lot to lose, which is, like, very sweet. She's planting the seeds there. You would be a lot to lose, Will. I'm just saying. And my eyes just got three times bigger. Yeah. I think like earlier in the episode Sue calls her Edie. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, that could that could have been her name and I wouldn't have thought any differently. Yeah. Which, did did we did we use guidance counselors to actually counsel us? I didn't. I didn't. I had, all they did in my school was they told me how to do college yep, things. Yep. That's the same for high school. Um I didn't, but like I knew people that like had gone in and be like, okay, like my friend is like having some dark thoughts, like yeah. help. Um, oh, good, good. I'm glad to know that there, there are guidance counselors who actually do that. When okay, I was cool. in elementary right. school, I had to go as a guidance counselor. I don't know whose idea it was. It wasn't mine. And it was fine. It wasn't bad. But, like, we, it was the year my parents were getting divorced. And so they sent me hey. to school was like, go to the guidance counselor and talk about your feelings. And she was, like, super cool. I don't remember how, like, I don't remember being, like, super emotionally helped. But I remember she was, like, cool. And it did. it wasn't a yeah. negative experience any more so than like dealing with your parents divorce was going to I mean, be in my experience in my limited experience guidance counselors are like pretty cool people yeah like should i be a guidance counselor is that what i should should i pivot my life to being a guidance counselor only if you wear exactly this outfit that you're wearing right now every day yeah sideways Absolutely. cap open flannel <laughs> shirt <laughs> i'm down with the kids i'm hip i'm cool how do you i'm do just you? like you i skate how do you do well, kids <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then Will it, Will takes the bullet for the team so that they can go to sectionals. Um one thing I did notice in this scene where Will is like, "Hey, I have to like take myself out of the picture." Is that Santana and Rachel are standing next to each other again? Yeah. And I don't know why. Because like even Sand even Brittany and Rachel, I would understand a little more than Santana and Rachel like ending up next to each other. You know, sometimes maybe a little foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes your blocking is lazy. Also. <laughs> also that. Sometimes they don't right. care. Um, right. You don't think they had the foresight to plan to plan out season long seasons in advance? No, Glee never. Silly me. Um, and it, like then he goes like again like this is actually a really sincere moment that worked for me where Will was like you can do this without me, mm-hmm. like if you can't win without me then I haven't done my job as a teacher. Yeah. And, like there oh. you go. What a good like, speech. Right. And then they all, like, then as a group, they all do the photo, and it's great, except for Will. Right, because um, he can't be. Because he can't. But also, like, like there was that getting ready montage, yeah. which was really cute, except, like, <laughs> do dudes, like, lift weights before photos? That was my question, because both Finn and Puck are in the bathroom just, like, doing, um like, arm curls, and I'm like, is there some science that I'm not privy to that if you, like... Two arm curls, your muscles will look super big for a picture. 
I actually think if you do things like that, it makes it makes them stick out a little bit more because you're just working them. Hell yeah, good for them. I think man. That All right, thing. go go science. You're, you're, Go science. <laughs> um, those science are things that those those actors learn um, late in life because they're well into their thirties. But um, <laughs> surely they took it with them to their character work as teenagers. <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting that this whole thing is set over the sort of final song of the episode, which is the other smile. But right. this is, I think, the first time ever we've had the Glee kids singing a song where we don't see it. It's all a montage. Mm. They're the backing track, but you can tell it's them. But you don't sure. see the performance. And I was like, oh, right. new format. Fun. Um, the other thing I noted is that you, they, like, peer in. Like, Will watches them take the picture. And you can see Kurt on the end, and he's doing the bevel pose. He's got hand yep. on his hip. He's in. He's beveling. I've seen many a picture with our bevel queens. And I was like, oh, Kurt. <laughs> never changed. <laughs> Never change, Kurt. What song was this? I'm trying to remember, like, the name of the song. It's Smile, it's Smile by Charlie Chaplin. Okay. Right, right. Again, I watched it this morning, and I already forget. Not even this morning. I watched it, like, six hours ago, and I... You know, oh. sometimes... I swear to God, between each episode, if I didn't write things down, I basically just black out. I black out after I watch an episode, and then I also black out after we record, because sometimes... I don't remember Me what we've talked too. about until I listen Karina, to Karina, you've just validated so much of my life because I'm terrible at, like, referencing TV and film things and, like, st- popular stand-up specials. But, like, re-listening back to these episodes when I edit them, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that bit. That was funny. Like, otherwise, it's just out. Fucking like, gone. through one ear, out the other. Yeah. I think that was what was good about binging the series last year is because they all kind of bled into one another, and I, I just... I forgot. I forgot it when it was all done. There's things. <laughs> there's things that I'm like, I can't believe that happened in season one. And then there's episodes that I'm like, I can't believe that wasn't until season two or three. So time right. is not real on Glee at all. Yeah, and um, we finish on like pages of the yearbook, which like every teacher apparently has a full page. Yeah. Um, sure. Not how that works, but okay. Right. Um, not in my high school. Not in my high school either. And then like, what sucked about this episode? was that we ended with, like, them defacing the image. Mm-hmm. And, like, it would be one thing if, like, it was just, like, kind of playful stuff, but, like, no, we're back to Hitler mustaches mm-hmm. and, like, some really gruesome shit. And I hated it. Um, like, not even for 2009, no. Perhaps I can uh, lighten your mood a little bit with my favorite thing to do, which is pause on trivial things and look up. Because I paused when they were, like, panning over the Glee Club and you could see the caption, and I noticed something weird, so I paused it. So it's, like, the standard yearbook photo where it writes down, like, right to left who's in it. And the first thing mm-hmm. I noticed is that Brittany does not have a last name. It says Santana Lopez, oh, yes. Brittany. Um, now, Ian, Brittany's last name will come into play, and it will be important. I know what it is. So at that <gasps> point, they just must not have made up that joke, so they just didn't give right. her one. They, like, shared her. She's like, no, she's just Brittany. Second, mm-hmm. Puck is listed as Nathan Puckerman. Which is not his name. It's been established no. that it's Noah. I don't think Noah is a nickname for Nathan. No? No. On the Glee wiki, it lists it as an error. Okay, there you go. Thank you. fucking Christ. Um, also, Tina is listed as just Tina C, even though she has two last names that start with C. But yeah. Matt Rutherford, whose name they've never said before, is his full name there. 
Wait, which one's Matt? Is he the one that never gets any lines yes, and disappears after the yeah, first season? Yes. Poor guy. But his full name is in the yearbook, which Tina's is in. He's the only other the only other black person besides Mercedes, yes. right? And he, yeah. they, they get rid of him. Spoiler alert. Yeah, they do. Oh, ripped him out. What the fuck, guys? He was probably like, I'm not uh. staying on the show. You've literally never given me a single line. Yeah, like, I imagine, mm. like, I can only imagine the, like, auditions, like, the multiple rounds of auditions he had to go through to be, like... To stand in the back. The... <laughs> Yeah, like, not even, like, Mike Chang, who has, like, a special skill that they utilize regularly, just to be, like, standing in the back. Oh, but him, he ages like a fine wine. Just wait and see. Excellent. Mike Chang? Yeah. Yeah, he does. I believe it. Um, so that was my yearbook detective yes. work. I was just like, why does it always say Brittany? And then I, like, got really into trying to read everyone's. Because, like, Santana's name is Santana Lopez. Like, that's her name right. that they go with. But Brittany, they were like, I don't know. Just write Brittany. Right. Also, Tina's name is too long. Just write Tina C. No one cares about her. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> bummer. But for me, that's where All the right. episode ended. <laughs> and <laughs> that's the episode. All right. Ooh, what a wild ride. It really was. Right? It, went, it was. It was a roller coaster of emotions. And not a lot of singing in this one. Uh, no, right. only three songs, which is wild. I, was, I, I think the first one didn't come for like at least 15 minutes into the episode. Yeah. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a musical show. I forgot. After the first 13, <laughs> they really start bumping up how many songs are in an episode because they were realized they're like, oh, this is what everyone wants to see. But you can tell in those and early they episodes that they were like, I don't know, we'll only put a song when we feel like we need it. Like Smile by Lily Allen. Exactly. Everyone's favorite. Which we one. absolutely need. <laughs> which was which was imperative to forward the plot line. Exactly. Ugh. But that does lead us nicely into our... Next question, which was, oh my goodness, let's say way back in when in 2009, you had an extra dollar, an extra 99 cents on your iTunes gift card, and you had to Mm -hmm. buy one of these songs from this episode. Which song are you gonna buy? Well, there's only three options, which is limited, I think. Um, yeah, because they didn't release when you're smiling, um, even though it's listed as a song, but you couldn't buy that one, it wasn't released as a single, right. I think I'd probably buy the um, the, the the jump one. It's yeah. so fun. It's so fun. It reminds me of that joyous moment of them like jumping on the beds. It's fun. I'd probably jump on my own bed. Oh, bed like the Glee kids. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to my jam. You'd, jam the jump. You'd film your own local commercial, try to get it. <laughs> I would. Jump jam. Jump jam. Yeah, I mean, that song does slap. I would absolutely buy that one as well, given the options. Yeah, I'm going with Jump, because I like Smile by Lily Allen, but I don't like it performed by Glee. I'd just rather go I mean, listen to Lily that Allen. Point, at that point, I already had Lily Allen's Smile yeah, me too. on my iTunes, so sure, sure, I don't need sure. the Leah Michelle rendition. And Cory Monteith. <laughs> Hello, duet. Uh, fine. Cory Monteith. Yeah. I know, right? But I'd rather that hear him sing Jump, so... Yeah. It's, like, funny to me. His whole thing is, like, he's, oh, I don't know about this, guys. Like, I don't know if I can do this. And then, like, you get a song like Jump where he, like, enters with, like, a rock howl. And, like, all of a sudden he's this, like, rocking, like, star. And I'm like, there's two very different fins here. Did you know... Oh, my God. Fun fact, drop yeah. this information out, that Cory Monteith didn't sing in his original audition tapes. Really? Crazy. No, he only played the drums. Because he didn't consider himself, like, a singer. Um, so, like, all of, basically, Cory Monteith was vocally trained for this show. Like, he had, like, a little bit, but he wasn't a singer. 
they were just having wow. such a hard time casting Finn that they were like, well, he's got everything else. We'll just work with the voice. And also, wow. he's Canadian. So for the first, like, two weeks of rehearsal, Kevin McHale already had to be his stand-in because he couldn't get his work visa. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Oh, I read an oral history Canadians. about Glee article earlier. Oh. Oh, which also wow. reminds me. Yeah, well. I'm having all the... I, I don't think I've, we've recorded since I read that, Ian, which is way, way back when you asked me if their pilot auditions were recorded live, and I mm-hmm. said I didn't know. They were. Oh, cool. So way back in the pilot, if you all want to go back and check, you can see that those were just straight recordings of the kids uh, Singing. auditioning. Yeah, that wasn't in the studio. Oh, I love it. Good. Good for them. Thanks, Oral History um, of Glee article that I found on out.com. <laughs> Nice. Oh, thank you. Out. You better yes. out. Doing doing our work. All right. Um, next question for our esteemed guest. Oh um, my god. Is there a song that you wish Glee had covered? Had covered. Yes. Yes. Oh gosh. Um, and it doesn't even have to be like in the time during which it was like on the air. Like it could be any song. You know, I feel like I'm gonna name something that. In the years that Glee was on, they did cover, and I just forgot. That's fine. Um, That's part of the game. I would love, I would love some some Shakira, some whenever, wherever, just Ooh. to see what that's like, just to see what happens. It would be monstrous and horrible, but like I want to see it happen. Probably sung by Santana or something. Someone who could, someone who could like sell the song. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, but like they would give it to like a Santana with like a Britney backing her up and like a Tina backing her up, and it right would be the tight. cool kids, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Lee, I double checked. Not Lee Michelle. No, God no. Lee never touched Shakira. No, wow. Not a single Shakira song. Probably because they were like they never did. Oh wow. Never. Now that Shakira song was done. Oh thank God. <laughs> and then the second question of our little game is, what song or entity are you glad that Glee did not touch in its time on the air? When I, wherever, whenever by Shakira. No, uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, let me go through one of my favorite songs. Oh God, play the Jeopardy music. Do, 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 do. Yep. I feel like, oh, I feel like it would have just been crazy to watch them sing like any like recent Ariana Grande song, like mm. break up with your girlfriend because I'm bored or something. Oh my God. I feel like they would have like Leah Michelle <laughs> sing that. And they would give her a high pony. Okay, but um, they'd have Leah Michelle do Break Up With Your Girlfriend, but they'd have her, like, they'd do one of their, like, Glee remixes where they turn it into, like, a show tune ballad. And suddenly, like, it's no longer the same song, but the words are the same. And you're all like, oh, that's a choice. Yeah. That's a choice. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the one I, I don't think I'd want, just because I don't want to see Leah Michelle in Ariana Grande drag. God, no. I was was that, Ariana Grande, like around it all i think um, she was, yeah. was she victorious happened a few years into glee's run probably. but so like, like there was not probably any ariana grande songs that like i oh, remember no, 2012 was. oh there was like <laughs> oh what they do they do do ariana grande wait who which one they i think they're both from season six um oh they are they're both in season six which makes sense because they eventually mm. Ian, spoilers um, oh. They're gonna do problem and they're gonna do break free, which makes wow, sense so, because season wow. six, I remember hearing those songs out at bars at the time. So that was, those wow. two things coincide. 
I will consider it not a spoiler because I don't know what those are in context regarding. I you were about to say I don't know those songs, and I was about to be like, Ian. I know those songs. Okay. I'm not. I'm not how, that hipster. Um, how militant, Ian, are you about avoiding spoilers for Glee? Um, not really. I'll probably no. honestly again. I'll probably forget by the time I Damn. go to sleep tonight. Wow, sad. Quote: Glee is forgettable. Ian Brodsky. Yeah. Like, Glee is both one of the most forgettable shows and also one of the most memorable shows. There's some shit that lives rent-free in my mind. Yep. But can you imagine in, like, 20 years from now, the kids, everyone's going to forget about Glee. And isn't that sad but also fortunate? Yes. (laughs) Or, like, like it's going to, like, come back onto Netflix or it's going to be on whatever, like, Fox streaming service. Like is happening in 20 years and like all of like the kids are going to be like what is this glee show oh what is this glee show that's kind of yeah. happening now like there's right. a lot of like gen z kids who are like did not have this growing up and they're like hello <laughs> what are we doing what were you guys doing back then 2009 well, was like their 90s can you imagine god. oh god well on it's that wild. happy note Gamal, if people, if you wanted people to find you on the social medias and such, where can they do so? Well, if people want to hunt me down and say a little hello to me, they can find me on Instagram, the great Graham, at the Gamal, T-H-E-G-A-M-A-L, and on Twitter, at Gamal Tweets. Um, I would also love to plug, if I can. Yeah, plug it in, plug it in. I'll plug it in, plug it in. Did I get cast in Glee? Um, <laughs> the, uh, my friends and I did make a web series last year uh, in Quarantina um, called Wormholes. It's a sci-fi comedy web series about two New Yorkers living in an apartment with an active interdimensional wormhole in their closet that causes strange things to occur. It's a sci-fi comedy. It's fun. It's ten episodes long. They're all on Instagram TV at wormholes.tv on Instagram and on YouTube at the Show Dogs NYC YouTube channel. Every episode of the first season is available now. Check it out. It's fun. Yay. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Of course. You are welcome back anytime. I expect to come back each season, so just say Great. Done. Thank you. Um Karina, where would you like people to find you on social media? Well, if you're going to find me on social media, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram under the same handle that will be Epic Adventure of. Um, you know, it's the same It's the same old shit, but a different day. Um, <laughs> it's a One Direction quote. I'm so sorry. Uh, of course it is. <laughs> um, my brain. I love that for you. Um, thank you. <laughs> Ian, Ian, if people want to find you, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ibroski uh, and at ianjbrodsky.com. Ooh, a website. Yes. Even. He's fancy. Yes, he has a website. Um, wow. Yeah, which has like updates and shit, I guess. Um, at this I point, I don't know if there will be. Up. By the time this like by the time this like drops, I don't know if there will be any updates. Um, but <laughs> if you want to find the show, you can find the show at Glee Aggressive um, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, gleeaggressive at gmail.com we are waiting for your long form essays we welcome them and um if you are so inclined to tip uh the show we do the show for free and if you would like to tip us you can follow the link in the show notes um and we would be incredibly grateful and as well if you like the show um share it with your friends rate review rate review subscribe 
I could have said that faster. And, uh, yeah, share it around. We'd love you for it. All right. But that was it. That was episode 12 of season one, Mattress. Join us next week where we will be diving into the mid-season finale. Uh, Episode 13 entitled, wait for it, sectionals. Wow. You're there. What an episode. Which means, Ian, I have to ask, does episode 12 make you want to watch episode 13? Yeah, it does. Hell yeah. Ah! I love this episode. It was a good one, and we are trucking along. Da, 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 da.